Hi, I'm Liz Cully, and welcome back to Cool, Cool, Cool. Each week, I give you a glimpse into what I think is cool and chat with a ton of people that are definitely cool. No topic is off bounds unless, I guess, it's not cool. Welcome to Cool, Cool, Cool. I feel like all of us boomer millennial podcasters are mystified by TikTok and the rise of internet fame from some of their biggest users. I used to have a show on ByteDance, I will say, which is the parent company of TikTok years ago, just before the app launched. And it was really interesting to be sort of like on the inside track to it all um, and get a firsthand look at how a platform can really reward its biggest users and make them a star. I find myself falling into deep TikTok holes when I open up the app, which is quite frankly why I don't really go on there. I'm becoming exhausted by social media. Once something I love to do to keep like a memory log of photos, uh, it's now becoming exhaustive and uh, it's not really that fun anymore. And I'm also incredibly addicted to it. So here we are. All that aside, you know from previous episodes, I love a good meme queen, and I love folks that can translate subversive and everyday humor into quick videos that make me chuckle. I love funny videos. Rachel and I lull ourselves to sleep by watching people set themselves on fire, falling downstairs after sleet and snow, and, uh, Who doesn't love it when kids do funny shit? Oh, and don't get me started on like animal videos. I just, I love it all. First TikToker that I talked to today is Arthur Garros. Not only is Arthur like one of the most stunning people I've ever seen in my life, like cherubic stunning, but he's like smart funny, which I mean, what a combo. They say, don't meet your heroes, but so far this is going quite well, I have to say. (laughs) I'm honored, I'm honored. I mean, also don't think I didn't see your post yesterday where you were trying to make your voice raspy for a podcast and I was like, I think that's about me. It's so funny, I- It totally was about you. Oh my God, I'm dead, I made it to the main feed. It's so interesting. I fall deeply in love. Oh my God, yes. And you're drinking wine. Yes, 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 yes. It's literally 5 p.m. Perfect. So, I mean, it's 5 p.m. Yeah. It's time. Four and yeah, four. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. When I meet my internet love obsessions, I get very nervous because sometimes it just doesn't translate. And that's when you, you know, having interviewed celebrities, musicians, internet personalities for as long as I have, which makes me sound 100 years old, which I am, you like don't know what you're getting. And that's why I joke, like don't meet your heroes because it just goes poorly like 90% of the time. But you are more stunning in real life and sweeter than I ever could have imagined. And so I'm really excited about this. Oh, well, we're only a minute in, so watch your words. (laughs) Yeah, fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. So, you know, Meme, I'm always fascinated by people who can create like memes or short bit content that really is not only funny and obviously like hits on the cultural zeitgeist, like during COVID, obviously people were making fucking hysterical memes or I always come back and I don't know if you remember it. Do you remember when Tristan Thompson first cheated on Khloe Kardashian and the internet like piled on and it was all like 
Tristan Thompson, like, I hope you order salads for the rest of your life with no dressing. Or like Tristan Thompson, my favorite one was, I hope every time you go to the grocery store, somebody like nicks your ankles behind you with like a shopping cart. Like it was- Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was was just like so stupid and so great. And there, that doesn't always, that it, you know, it takes a pandemic or Tristan Thompson being a complete asshole for kind of, I think- those larger moments, but you have an ability and why I love your content so much to be really evergreen with it. And it's so layered and smart and hits on cultural, like kind of, again, evergreen cultural zeitgeist, but then just like goes another layer. How do you come up with these ideas? I mean, the the series of like, who am I to judge? I just... <laughs> It's so like the fucking VW bug with the eyelashes. <laughs> and yeah, the, yeah. like, how do you come up? Like, tell me everything. How how does it work in your mind? Um, How does it work in my mind? Well, first of all, I'm mentally ill. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Great. Join the club. A, <laughs> yeah, that has a large part. No, I mean, there, there's a cocktail, I think, of things. And it's like definitely has to do with personal experiences and um just like a million things happening in my head all all at the same time, a lot of influenced by pop culture or, you know, um, yeah, I'll just go off of something that happened or I don't know. And then the who am I to judge was definitely inspired by uh, Rosalia, of course, um, you know, with her iconic gum chewing. And um, that was kind of going around TikTok. And um, I guess it's about like kind of joining onto a trend and adding your own flavor or, or um or just literally having a thought and being like this could really you know i could develop this into a a tiktok or a concept or something it's truly my because it never it doesn't ever need to end and it just go like the heart necklace with the dime like everything is just so funny and perfect i think (laughs) It's it's so, it's spot on. It's really spot on. Do you, I follow you on Instagram. I, everybody knows TikTok. Like I literally, I'm a performative boomer on TikTok. Like one, I don't like to go on the app because all of a sudden I've been on the app for 50 minutes and I just frankly don't have the time for it. Yeah, it's scary. My algorithm, yeah, it's scary. My algorithm is strange because it's like, my friends that I follow, but then it's like lesbian TikTok. But like I'm, I think TikTok knows that I'm like a very bougie lesbian. So like none of that shit I can relate to really on TikTok for the most part because it's all like edgy, cool lesbians. And I'm kind of like a rich mom, old lesbian, even though I'm not a mom. <laughs> but like it just doesn't like gel. And so I think TikTok's like, we don't understand like what your humor is and what's happening. And then I made the mistake of going on this one girl who literally covers her whole face in makeup and contours her. I went on it one time and now it's just like never ending. So TikTok is tough. But do you start your content on TikTok and then put it on Instagram or do you make completely separate content for both platforms? I used to. So the, it all stemmed from TikTok for me okay. for um, for this journey. Um, but then now I create off of the app and then bring it into the app. Um it also depends if it's like a trend or there's a certain filter that's within TikTok that is 
part of the trend or the video, or whatever, then I'll make it in TikTok. So I guess it, it kind of depends, but it definitely stemmed from TikTok. And then, and then I would just post everything on, um, on Instagram. Yeah. Which is smart without the watermark, I suppose. Cause you know, without the watermark. Yes. Christ. God, I learned that the hard way as well. And now <laughs> there's like Facebook reels, YouTube shorts, like everything. So there's just a lot of cross posting going on. Um, but the, the the community that's on TikTok was the one that inspired me to start and that I found kind of this just amazing community that was free, a lot more free and more themselves and intelligent and deep, I guess. Um, so that really, that was the, you know, the the spark. Do you find from, we kind of talked about it a little bit earlier because um, you posted a video recently where you well, actually you posted another kind of series where you started, you know, talking about like a broken person becomes a life coach or whatever. I'm totally fucking up and paraphrasing. Oh, yeah. it, but it was <laughs> true. It hit hard in a family of uh, where we have a therapist here. Uh, life coaches, while I respect you and appreciate you, you are mumbo jumbo and full of shit. So you posted a video that I loved. How do you handle when you do sort of controversial, but in my opinion, incredibly truthful videos, do you see a difference in commentary from Instagram versus TikTok? Like, is one platform more critical you find or less critical or yeah, how do you, what's that like? TikTok feels more free and open-minded um, and then Reels feels a little bit like a little bit more um, like Facebooky, if that makes sense. Like it's starting to be more Facebooky. If there was a spectrum, it would be like TikTok, Reels, and then Facebook. Yeah, Facebook I don't know. feels the only thing I use Facebook now is for Facebook Marketplace because as a homeowner, that's all I do. And I real and I also use it for. Um, I joined, I just started doing these like weird fake lashes. We're really going there today. Oh, lash um, extensions. Yeah, but they're not lash extensions. They're like semi, -per like you can take them off yourself. They're brilliant. I had them on yesterday and I was going to keep them on for you today, but I kind of oh. like went wild and I really looked like a Muppet stripper. So I had to like, I had to remove them. I was like, that I can't sounds today. amazing. No, they're really cool. And there's like a whole like Facebook community for these lashes and it's insane and it's completely taken over my algorithm. But yeah, I, you know, my experience on TikTok in the comments is it's like, I, I've been trolled a little bit. I think that's just like wherever any platform, but it definitely, I think Instagram for me is feels, I don't want to say polished, but it definitely feels more guarded. I think people are like, more guarded about the whole thing. Um, yeah. When we first started talking before we started to record, you were telling me your family's from France and that, you know, you grew up in the States. Do you feel like, I don't want to lead the witness, do you feel like having non-American parents also kind of informed your sensibility in regards to these who am I to judge videos? Like, is it also sort of a sub-commentary on like American culture? There, I think, you know what? I've never thought about it that way, but that's a really good point. I think that if anything, having a French background and French family kind of gives me a different cultural perspective. And so maybe I was able to take a bit of a 
um, a step back into certain elements of culture, you know, that I could more easily kind of pinpoint and, you know, areas of um, that are judgeable, I guess. It just like made sense to me when you were like my family's. Fr- I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, so- but I ha- but I hope it's not like cliche, like because fr- the French don't get me wrong, but they have this. You know, the cliche like French person is like so proud and full of themselves. So no, I'm also very like aware of that. Full of themselves. So this I I saved it for when we were recording, but I lived for half of a year in Pepignon. Oh which yeah. Which is so fucking random. It's like a for the listeners, it's a the last well, it's I mean, it's at the base of the Pyrenees Mountains on your way to Spain, basically. It's like mm-hmm. 15 or an hour into Spain, and but you're like in France. And it's an interesting mm-hmm. culture there. It's like in the summer, it's a lot of British, you know, expat like coming to travel. It's not like the French Riviera. It's very, it's cool. I mean, it was random as shit. But I think spending that, um, and I was in Paris for a lot of it, but mostly I was down south. And it was it was interesting to really entrench myself in French culture. I was dating a French guy. He was from Chantilly. I like met oh. his, I know. I met his parents. They were like, what the fuck? I was like, yep, here we are. <laughs> um, but it was interesting to be around, you know, a culture for a considerable amount of time. And I think, yes, there's this kind of perception that French people, I would actually narrow it down to Parisians. I think that's more fair. Like okay. Parisians fair. are stuck up and that they, you know, whatever. Which, by the way, yes, don't go walking through the streets of Paris yelling on your cell phone or as an American or... Yeah, 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 of course. Like eating in public or like being ridiculous. Like nobody wants that. Nobody's into that. Don't eat on the fucking the train like nobody's doing that shit but i think there is this very funny it's so hard to articulate like french way of life that actually i think impacts your videos more than you now that i have that perspective i'm like oh my god that's so like yes of course you're french also you're like so handsome of course you're french like of course you are um but (laughs) could you. you have you ever thought about doing any of your videos like like, do you think that they work? I'm like, how how do I say this? Like, because I do think there is this kind of like American kind of culture view on what mm. you joke about in these videos. Do you think that it translates to Europe or would you tweak it? Like if somebody gave you the brief, like do a who am I to judge for Paris? Would it be quite different? Uh, it would probably be different. Yes, because a lot of things that are on there are Americanized for sure. Like the that heart necklace that's like, from K jewelers or what or whatever yes. like Zales or whatever you know we oh all know god, that. Oh my god, Zales! I'm dead. I'm dead. Yeah. I'm dead. <laughs> so yeah, I mean that. I don't think that would translate. There would probably be there would probably be like an equivalent in France. Yeah, and but it's funny that you say that because I, right before we got on, I was recording something that you'll see. But it's like kind of like a a blend of. English and French, which I'm constantly kind of trying to do in a way because I find it interesting and it's it's also very me, you know, the blend. So, um, uh, yeah. I can't wait. So before TikTok and Instagram, I see a very fancy microphone. I feel like you've been a performer for a long time. Is that true? 
I have been online for a long time. Yeah. Oh, you've been online. So were you, were, but did you do like school theater or were you singing growing up? Like anything like that? Or has it really been kind of like online performing for you? Yeah, no, I always sang growing up. I always loved music and singing and I was in choirs and I played like various instruments and stuff. Um, so it was always music for me. Always, always, always music. If there's one thing I never doubted, it was that and that I loved it and I just wanted to be like totally immersed in it. So yeah, so it was choirs growing up and and singing and and then I started uh, my first YouTube channel and this was like back in 2007, 2008 or something. Oh, that's a long time. How, what were you, five years old? Like, what were you doing? Oh, unboxing toys on YouTube? <laughs> no, I was 12. Okay. I was in seventh grade. And um, and I started- Which is the same. Because... I, seventh grade, I was like smoking my grandmother's pre-light cigarettes. Yeah, I grew up in the city. I grew up in San Francisco. I'm like a bad kid. I'm a I bad mean, kid with a good fair, heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get, I I I'm, I act shocked, but yeah, but I think I was pretty much in this. Like, I'll world. put this into perspective. I went to acting school at the Royal Theater in 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 England in Cambridge mm. when I was between the summers of eighth and ninth grade, and okay. I got my belly button pierced. I went to the Leaping Leprechaun, which is a psychotic like dance club, like straight dance club that no longer exists. I like drank every, I mean, I was a monster. It was like that movie 13, if you ever saw that, with Nikki Reed no. and uh, Evan Rachel Wood. No. That was no, me. The, that was The me. only one I remember that was like British, was wild, or British American, Wild Child. Do you, know, do you remember that one? No, but that sounds very much like what I was. But okay, yes, yeah. I wish, had I started a, well, YouTube Nothing existed when I was in seventh grade. But had that been what I had been up to, perhaps I would be as successful as you. But I did not. I was fucking a psychopath running around San Francisco with a Kate Spade bag and, you know, Gucci sunglasses that I had bought from babysitting and a North Face parka just fucking smoking cigs. That's what I was okay. up to. Iconic though, like I come know. on, <laughs> like we need those character development moments. I like, mean, I'm just telling you, they are like, there. They are there. Yeah, there. You can I even, yeah. I made a whole reel, like I, because we've just been like moving stuff around. But I have so many pictures from that time. Because again, we didn't have like the inner. I didn't have anything digitized, so I have books yeah. and books of pictures. So I made a funny reel. Actually, speaking of which, TikTok. Wrote, I tried to do a hashtag F like for your page or whatever. And because oh, yeah. I'm smoking cigarettes in said video, yeah. they like wouldn't do it. Like it got, it wouldn't, they wouldn't let me do the hashtag. And then Instagram, I think like um, said I couldn't monetize against it. So there you go. Just saying, yep. it's good. Kids shouldn't be smoking. As soon as you vape or you, yeah, you smoke on TikTok, you get banned or shadow band or i don't even know like first of all vaping is disgusting but that's fine. yeah it's rather here nor there okay so seventh grade <laughs> there you are little like just the sweetie little baby angel that you are and you start a yeah. youtube channel what is the youtube channel about the youtube channel is me singing covers um so i knew i always knew that i wanted to make music i wanted to have a music career i wanted to be an artist i wanted to sing i wanted to tour the world i still do um, and 
I don't have, like, I'm not a Nepo baby. <laughs> like, I don't have any, my family doesn't have any connections. Like, my parents are like, they have no, they had no idea, like, where to even start with that kind of, you know, dream. Um, there's no one I could have, like, been introduced to or whatnot. And, and where so were you I was growing like, up at this time? Where in the I was growing up you? in Connecticut, so East Coast. Okay. All right. Not, not too far from, you could have gone into the city, but yes. I know, I know, but. Yeah, I, I just I was very underinformed of like what do I even do, right? Like I didn't know how anything worked, but I was like, I think I need to get a record deal. And so yeah. and so I was like, how do I get a record deal? And it was right around the time where everyone was posting like me singing da 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 da. And it was like the title of every cover. And it was like it was the the era of Justin Bieber, it was Esme Denters at the time. A lot of like, a lot of people were starting to get traction, you know, by like just singing covers online. And so I was like, that's what I need to do. Like to get, I need to get some recognition. So I remember I put in my, in my bio, like looking for a record deal, <laughs> like <laughs> something like that. And I just sang songs. I, I had, um, I had like karaoke versions that I would find online and I would just, I would just Like what songs, songs were you singing? First song I sang was No One by Alicia Keys. And okay, okay, and then, I didn't, I wasn't expecting that. Okay, what else? <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was when I look back on it, it's so cringe now. Like, yeah, obviously, um, I will be googling these videos. <laughs> they're privated, they're privated. You can't find no, them. I don't think, don't do that. Don't Come there on, have been, there have been some re uploads, so you might find like some random pieces of this puzzle, but yeah. Um, and then I yeah. And then I got a, I started learning guitar in guitar class. And then I um, started playing guitar and singing and writing my own songs. So like, and I what just are loved your, it. What are your songs like? Like what kind of songs do you like? Give me a, I am a record dealer. I'm dealing okay. the records on the street. Um, just kidding. You're dealing the records. <laughs> I'm dealing the records. I'm a, I'm a record dealer. Um, yeah. what would it be like? How would you describe yourself? If you know, like for instance, when I was acting, they'd be like, Oh, she's like a Chelsea Handler mixed with an Emma Stone. Oh God. And you know what? Those are my least favorite part of creating something. I know, but always, they, they make you do it. It always has to be something else. It's like, it always has to like people really and this is just a broader like not just music or not just what it's like people really need things dumbed down it's crazy like yeah. from a consumer perspective it's like i don't get it unless it's like it this but this like i've i've always found that very don't very go just, into a tv or a movie pitch my friend because <laughs> yeah. that's yeah. all it is they'll be like it's like hunger games meets right love island mixed with Salt Lake City Housewives season two. And you're like, yeah. oh, okay. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like the fucking yeah. most ridiculous. That's literally what happens. It's like, you know, your, or your log line. That was the worst. I hated that. They like would make What's us- What's log line? So when I, whatever was acting and stuff, they're like, what's your log line? Like, who are you? And that's what uh -huh. I'm saying. It was like uh, Emma Stone mixed with Chelsea Handler. Oh, I think, right. oh no, hold on. I think it's going to get really cringier. I think it was Emma Stone meets Chelsea Handler with a hint of, I can't fucking remember. I don't know, a fucking chubby Olsen twin. Whatever it was, it was like so 
insane. And I was just like, oh my God, I can't. This is just terrible. So I'm actually asking you for the cringe. Like, if I were to listen to you on Sirius XM radio, what station would your music be on? Ooh, maybe Right now, today? We're talking about today. Yeah. The music I'm making now. Yes, today. Oh, okay. So it would, oh gosh. It's influ- it's it trickles down to pop music, I would say. Okay. It's, it's influenced. Um, you know, I have very uh, many inspirations and kind of influences that I draw from. I love like Elton John and my dad played Dido growing up in the car. Um Dido and, growing up in the car. How old is your dad? Young. Uh he's like 50 something. Oh my god! I don't know. He said, "Dido, Dido is not like a fucking Dido is like the graduation song. It's not like Dido did a song with Eminem. Like Dido is not. I know an old like Elton John. (laughs) It's one thing, but when you think about like your parents playing music in the car, like I was not expecting you to throw out Dido. I'm like, what? (laughs) Like maybe you know? I'm dead. I mean, listen. It's your experience. It's really fucking amazing. It's just making me really question. You know, I'm I'm coming up on 38. I'm having my 38th birthday this summer. I'm feeling mature. Yeah, cancer. Love cancers. What are you? Pisces. Yeah, my wife's a Pisces. The best. Yeah, the best. Yeah, Yeah. Oh, happy belated birthday then. Thank you. You're so welcome. You're like, I just turned 21. And I'm like, let me go drink cyanide. <laughs> but yeah, no, I Dido. Wow, that makes me feel yeah. weird feelings. Okay, so Dido and Elton John. Yes, I can see it. But that's like, that was kind of like my, inf- like, that's kind of what I grew up listening. But I don't know if you would listen to one of my songs and be like, Dido, you know, like, I don't know. Um, would you dance th- like in a music? So the pop music thing is tough for me. So I sang too for a long, long time. But I would give oh, you nice. my log line is this. It was like Bonnie Raitt meets Fleetwood Mac meets Ooh. Brandy. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I need to get like, I need to get one of those. Yeah. We're going to get you one of those. Uh, I need to get one I, of we'll those. DM. We'll DM. We'll get you one of those. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like dancing was not my thing. And I remember we were... My band, we were, we, and I had like a full band. So there was no like dancing, but I always felt so uncomfortable at Mm. some moments on stage, especially if someone took a solo or like whatever. I'm like, what the fuck am I like doing up here? And I'm not going (laughs) to pull like a Stevie Nicks, like I'm high on cocaine and Jack Daniels and like rip around. So I would just kind of stand there awkwardly. But pop music, I love pop music, obviously, but I would be so intimidated about the dancing. Like, remember, mm. like, making the band and all that? Like, they'd have to, like, learn how to dance. Yeah. And I'm like, yo, dude, I can only do one thing. So are you, do you dance too? I can dance. I took, yeah? Like, I would took... you dance on stage? Or is um, it more like? If I it... had, a, you know what? I want my, I want the stage to be, like, like a whole, like, world and, like, an experience. So mm-hmm. I think, yes, if it was, like, with, you know, kind of a concept and, like, when it's when yeah, it I'm gonna is say that. when. Let's like put that um, in the future. I'm constantly c- correcting myself, you know, because you gotta you, you gotta manifest. You gotta help the universe out a bit. Um, yeah. So yeah, so yeah, with like with the proper arrangement, yeah, of course, yeah. Okay, I'm into that. I'm into that. What is Instagram and TikTok missing in content? What would you like to see more of outside of me? But what would you like to see more of? <laughs> Um, what would I like to see more of? 
I would like to see less. Oh, yeah. Of, no, no, yeah. I like it. I like it. I, I would like, like going. <laughs> you're, like, you're like, oh, positive? No, negative. So I would like to see, no, I would like to see less of meme pages, uh, like stealing content and making like massive followings off of like a collection of everyone else's content that they a lot of times don't credit. And then they make a lot of profit off of stolen content, essentially. I don't know if you've noticed, but it happens. Oh my to God, me are you time. mad at me that I reposted your reel now? But I credit no, you. No, no. I also no, no, believe no, 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 my no. caption was either I'm in love with you. Hold on. Let's no. see what I wrote. It's not you. It's not. I wrote, let's see. Oh, Arthur is my favorite creator on IG. I said it. (laughs) So there you go. There you go. No, 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 no. It's not. It's not that. And um, it's it's like a specific kind of thing where like you can tell that all they do is repost memes and they're trying to grow a following. A lot of times they'll get like a million followers and make a lot of good money. Very annoying. Um. And that's... I'm like shadow banned on fucking Instagram. I just got verified the day before everybody could pay for it, oh, yeah. which is a true yeah. <laughs> metaphor for my entire existence because now everybody yeah. just thinks I paid for it, which is totally fine. But I'm like, wow. It's like when I got finally 10,000 followers and like, I kid you not, three days later, it's like, don't worry about it. Everyone can put a link in. And I was like, cool, 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 cool. Yeah, cool, cool, yeah, cool. Like, yeah. It just shows. Shadow banned. That- on the internet. It's true. I don't know what I've done. I've done something wrong. There's somebody that works at Meta that does not fuck with me. I know I and it's so funny because I know pretty my story with Instagram goes very long. I knew the original founders in San Francisco. Like it's a funny weird wow. thing. I know. You know what my original handle was was Liz. I was just going to say you should have had at Liz then. No, I did. And my and ding, what dinged. happened? Well, no, you changed it. No, you didn't. I did. I changed it. So Instagram was actually called Bourbon. I'm going to blow your mind right now just to go on this journey okay. with me. All right. All right. I'm sure. And everybody in. can go fact check this to the fucking extreme if you'd like. So it was called Bourbon and it was originally a meetup app. It was like, it was a blend of, oh my God, now I'm going to forget the name of that app. But basically, it was in San Francisco. It was this guy named Kevin, which obviously the founder of Instagram. He -hmm. was friends with my friend Pepper. His name is Richard, but he always goes by Pepper. And they, I can't remember how they knew each other, but Bourbon, you would share a photo on the app. It was like for happy hour meetups. So like okay. to find out where people were going to go for the night, you would like send a picture and it would be like where you would go. It was kind of based around drinking and it like mm. and, and like cocktail hour and whatever. Okay. So my friend Pepper, who goes by Richard, was at Richard, which, by the way, he had up until like a year ago and somebody stole it from him and they like shut down his whole account and it became a whole fucking thing. And it was awful for him. They like basically just shut off his account for no reason. I was at Liz. Yeah. <laughs> Like we all had these accounts and then it turned into Instagram. And at the time I had a blog called Listen to Liz and I was like, oh no, I think this is like what I, I mean, listen, part of me was smart in the sense that I really branded, like I have listened to Liz.com. I have listened to Liz on Twitter. I have like all of it. Um, But yeah, I'm a ding ding and I changed it. But they would have stolen that from, they would have taken it away from me later on. Yeah. But can you believe it? Yeah, Yeah, I I was at Liz. So anyway, I don't don't know what happened, but somebody's mad at me at at Instagram. It's fine. It's whatever. Isn't it crazy? Like the chokehold that these like virtual 
things that we're part of has on our like mental and our like mental state. It's just I've been talking about it a lot. I've been talking about how I was so angry with Instagram for not verifying me for so long for a multitude of reasons, mainly because I kept getting fake accounts being me. And I was like, this is so fucking annoying. But also because I've worked hard at being in the industry for a long time. And I've had plenty of, I'm like, I was on the fucking cover of the New York Times plus E! Entertain, like what is wrong with you? You know what I mean? And I just found it to be like really Mm. ridiculous. But then the fact that it happened right after everybody could buy it and therefore that credential, so to speak, really truly means absolutely nothing now. That's when I was like, wow, I really need to evaluate the deeper meaning of why I care about this so much. I talked to a friend of mine who's amazing, who's on my show a few weeks ago, and she and I like really dove into like the similarities between internet community culture and like childhood trauma. (laughs) Mm. We really go across the board on this show. Let me tell you. I love it. I love it. I love it. All right, that's so a, fuck that's a can all the, of worms. Yeah, fuck all the meme accounts. I I agree. Though I Okay, but it. let me get let me give you something positive. Okay, then. let's like, hear it. What do, what do I want to see more of? Yeah, I what do you want to see more of? I want to see more. I want to see more. Oh, there's so much I want to see more of. I don't know. I don't I never really open Instagram and I'm like, this is missing. Um I want to see more. I want to see oh. Oh, wait, no, that's another negative thing. That's fine. Let's keep it negative. That's no, no. People I know see I'm more. pretty negative Here's, myself. <laughs> no, there's always, I'm not negative though, but somehow it always comes out that anyway. So I want to see more unedited photos. Oh, well, you ain't, you ain't going to see that from me, honey. <laughs> Let me tell you. <laughs> you are not going, I mean, actually on my Instagram story, it's like me looking ridiculous. I mean, the problem with me is that I I like borderline do drag when I go to events. I mean, I love it. Oh my it's God, like my love that. my favorite thing. I mean, my makeup artist, Madi, she is a dear, dear friend. And she just fucking beats this face to the gods. And it's the best. I love it. Um, So I really have two modes. But yeah, you're not going to see. I, there will be edited. I don't. It's. I think friend. it stems. I think it stems from me thinking, okay, how can how can Instagram be more like TikTok, which I think has been kind of their MO for a while. Um, but there's this cliche of like, you know, Instagram has a bit more of this like shallow kind of fake appearance type of thing. Sure. And that's where my like, that's where that kind of angle is pinpointed at or rooted in. Um yeah, I think you like, also it would be really- resemble a Disney prince. I mean, you are a stunning human being. So I'm going to take you saying you want unedited <laughs> videos with a grain of fucking salt because okay. I'm my, my next campaign for you is you. Sh- even though I think Emily in Paris is quite honestly the most cringe show. I tried. My wife likes it. I like the fashion, but I just find her to be like really off-brand for me but i think you should be the next emily in paris oh my god i would love that i would love that but you know i'm gonna put that yeah, out when into, that, the inter- into the world for you we're putting it out we're putting it out i can see that i can see that little you would be great on that you would be great game. on that show yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i'm just saying Why not? i'm just saying Why i'm gonna not? put that out there for you and that- it would be it would be a little more a little bit more authentic than like the americanized 
the version of Paris that they paint is like, you know, insane. <laughs> it's completely insane. I'm also it's, like, yeah. where is all the real parts of Paris? I mean, I love yeah. Paris. Paris to me is one of my, if I could speak French at all, which I cannot, I can say a few things, but I really can't. I really, really can't. I'm sure if, you can. And I really can't. But if I <laughs> could speak French, I w- my sister speaks fluent French. She lived in Paris. Like I was so jealous. She like went to a year of college there. But if I could speak French, I probably would move to Paris in a heartbeat. I love it. I fucking love it. I love the way of life. I love everything. I love walking everywhere. When I go, I always, like I just... I really love it. I, it's the best. I love the food. I love being like looked at with judgment. I love, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. I, I really do. But it doesn't show, you're right. There, and there's also such a cool, like young subculture of Paris that no mm-hmm. one really shows, I think, unless you there follow. Is, yeah. Like, and, you know, it's everybody thinks it's like so fashion show. I mean, it is, but there's like a grittier, really cool and very diverse, like tons of like young folks from like Bangkok. And like, I don't know, I just like I follow a couple of it. Well, I knew this girl who was a nail artist. I think she does tattoo. I don't know if she does nails anymore, but she is married and has a child with this fucking gorgeous guy from Bangkok and like he runs this underground party and like that's the kind of shit that I would fuck with. I would be yeah. like on cocaine living <laughs> in Paris and smoking chain smoking cigarettes and love that for you. Just like living in the Marais and like being gay. That is what I would be doing. Yeah. And I yeah. would love every god forsaking fucking minute of it. Meanwhile, I live in Glendale. <laughs> <laughs> Which is so funny, but like, oh yeah. Anyway, I just. Really I mean, who knows? Who knows what's in the cards? You know. No, my wife is a licensed therapist in the state of California, and I have golden handcuffed myself to the entertainment industry. I will live in. I will live here probably for a long time. But that's all. Okay. But that's yeah. You're like well, and see, we, it's okay to be negative <laughs> on this show. Um, who is your favorite creator on the internet? Oh my god. That's really hard. Okay, give me like a couple that I need to go follow. Hmm. A couple of my favorite creators. Hmm. Oh, that's so hard. You know what? I've always hated the favorite question. Favorite okay. song, favorite movie. All right. No, I'm, I'm not of, trying to make things difficult. It's kind of a cop out. It's kind of a cop out. I'm not trying I'm to make not, things difficult. Yeah. I'm going to I'm going to give you what you want. I'm just I need to like speak my piece before, you okay. know. Okay. So like just don't take what I say as like a final concrete favorite because it's just in the moment. I don't know. It's just in the moment. It like changes it's, day to day, you know? Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, who do I think? Oh, who do I love? Oh, oh, Bailey J. Bailey J. Mills. On TikTok. On TikTok, on Instagram. I'm really, this is also a selfish ask because I just love funny people. And so I'm like, give, give it to me. Bailey J. Mills. Yes. Okay. They are iconic. Love it. There's nothing else to say. It's niche. It's genius. It's original. Okay. It's British. Perfect. And and it's iconic. And coming they're iconic. From, so, coming from yeah. you, I'm going to take that. 
you know what? I'm really happy with that response. I was stressed out. As you could tell, I was starting to deflect and like defend, but actually I'm happy with that. Bailey J. Mills. Bailey, I'm, I'm happy with that too. While I like to be prepared for my interviews, I do sort of love the concept of like dating the people that I interview and finding out all about them at the same time that you guys are. I love that Arthur can sing, and obviously, I looked up all of his videos, and I'm, I'm impressed. I didn't think that that was going to be his voice, so you guys should go on a deep dive and try to find uh, his singing videos as well. Next up is another TikTok queen who also makes subtle yet deeply funny videos, and I love her approach to comedy. Rachel is a huge fan of hers and actually was the one to introduce me to Laura, And what I love most is that, like, I found out some pretty insane life stories from her in this interview, which rival mine, which doesn't typically happen ever. My wife and I went on a huge deep dive trying to, like, figure out where you, (laughs) who you are, what you're about, what you do, where you came from, like, what's going on here. And our theory was this. That you worked at NASA at some point or in science. Is that true? Um, I did not work for NASA, but I worked for a space center that was partially funded by NASA. Yes. Um, I so taught, look at I, us. We are sleuths. Yeah. Yeah. No, y'all, y'all are great. Yeah. Um, that's, that's good detective work. Thank you. Yeah. So we were yeah. like, okay, she's really into space. Yes. I'm like, I think she microdoses mushrooms. You don't need to confirm or deny that. Um, and then I'm like, I don't know what else. I don't know what else. Though, are you from New York? Like, you have to give me something. Like, give yeah. it to me. Like, tell oh, yeah. us everything. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, I'm from Atlanta. So I grew oh, up in ATL. the South. The ATL. Yeah. yeah. I am from. Have you been to Magic City? Where is Magic City? Oh, Wait. girl. <gasps> What, what that, one of the most famous strip clubs in the world. Oh, Atlanta. oh, I'm terrible. I should. It's know where that. songs make it or they don't. Okay, I should know that. Um, I've been to Pink Pony and mm. the Claremont Lounge. Okay. Well, so I I lived in Atlanta. I grew up in Atlanta, but then I went to college elsewhere in Georgia to the University of Georgia. So I didn't. I was never an adult in Atlanta. Actually, that's not true because I just lived in Atlanta for the past two years. I did New York. I went, okay, my life, it doesn't make any sense. That's why you're confused about it because I'm confused about it. Um, So I went from Atlanta to college, which was also in Georgia, and then to Boston, and then to New York, then back to Atlanta, and now to LA. So um, yeah, it's, it's all been kind of random. I started making content really because I felt like nothing else had worked out and I wanted, and I was like, maybe this one thing like I could actually do, you know, but it um, is working out. You're so funny. Yes. Oh, thank you. Thank you. But I, yeah, I started it because, so I did, I did UCB and then, yeah, it was a shit show. Um, and, and then, so while if to go back to the space center, um, please go back so, to the space. Center. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, while I was doing UCB, I got this job at the space center, and it was funny because they actually were looking for people who were actors and had improv experience because it's a center 
in New York and it's super hidden. Nobody knows about it because it's only open to schools. And you take, we take kids on simulated space missions on field trips, but, um, it was all science teachers who I worked with and they were, had been interviewing other science teachers and they were like, we need someone who can really commit to the role of being a space commander. And, <laughs> and, um, yeah, so I went and I interviewed, um, cause someone had actually posted it in a comedy group on Facebook and I walk in and it's like, it's located within a school, but so you wouldn't know it's there, but it's all these converted classrooms and there's a mission control. There's a space station simulation, like there's all these briefing rooms. Like there's a Mars room being built right now. I'm still very close with the people I worked with. I just went to a wedding in New York, like with one of my, my space commanders. Um, <laughs> um, but Who's yeah, so the they alien? were looking for people Who gets to be an alien. Um, we did actually do that. Sometimes we would have some, one of us dress up and walk into the room and the kids thought it was funny, but yeah, they wanted someone who would commit really hard. And I was, when they hired me, I was like, there's been a mistake. I don't know anything about space. I thought I did, but I didn't. And I was in way over my head. I didn't know much. And I was taking these kids from all over New York on these space missions. And the thing that I knew how to do was to act just nuts. Like I was just like, really committed to it. And sometimes I scared them a little <laughs> because we would have these, like they would have to do all this math and figure things out. And sometimes they would determine, um, like for instance, there's a micrometeor shower coming and they'd let me know like, Commander Laura, we're getting hit by meteoroids. And I'd be like, oh my God, are you serious? And then I'd go over and there's like a smoke alarm or no, a smart machine and an alarm. And I would sneakily press those buttons and like, There'd be smoke everywhere and the alarm would go off. <laughs> this sounds like the it best really, job. It was really intense. Yeah. And I'd be like, get down. And um, it, even though in space, you wouldn't really be able to get down like that. So it didn't actually make sense. But um, I would just like start army crawling through the smoke. And, um, you know, most of the kids found it. They loved it. They loved doing those. It was super fun. But I think a few times I committed a little too hard and the kids were like, what the fuck is going on? But yeah, wow, I did that job for three years. I did not see this coming. I was convinced that you're like, yep, I actually like went to school for physics. I don't know what you would go to school for to become an astronaut. And I'm super like profesh and like this is what I do. And I just make content for funsies on the internet. Yeah. No, that you would commit to be- that role. Actually. Yeah, that would be cooler probably. But no, I'm a, I was a fake astronaut. And I actually I remember I once had a kid ask me, you know, they would ask me all the time because I wore a spacesuit every day of my life for three years. I This was my job. And so they would ask me, are you a real astronaut? Have you really been to space? And one time I, in the beginning, I said, I'm an actor. And the way this kid's face fell, you know, made me, I was like, oh, I'm never going to answer the question. Like I mean, honestly, again. when I ask people what they do for work and they tell me they're an actor, my face falls. Yeah, no, it's it's a it's a terrible answer. It, Kidding. Actors are pretty insufferable. Correct. <laughs> most of the it's time. Most yeah. of the time. Most of the time. Wow. Yeah. I love that. I yeah. mean, and then I saw, you know, because again, you're I like these like story times that you do. Okay, with thank us, you. And I'm going to say us as your fans. Like your 9-11 story is insane. If you guys, I will reshare <laughs> or I will make 
everybody watched that at some point. Or, you know, you've got these great tales that you tell. But one of them that I really identified with because so I am from Marin County. Okay, okay, cool. And you tell a story about how your friend was having an act like had some sort of surgery and you went yeah. to Northern Marin. Yeah. To, and you, yes. Where were you? And you were in Petaluma. Or, yeah, Petaluma. Girl, I gotta, mm-hmm. if you listen to my episode with Tiffany Faison, we talk about our fucking tickets that we got in Santa Rosa. And I think it was on the border of Petaluma and, and Santa Rosa, but you went to, well, just tell the story because it's a okay. good story. What happened yeah. in Petaluma? Um, so this was in 2014. Yeah. So, and, um, so I decided to move to LA. I was living in Boston at the time and I was like, I'm going to go to LA, be an actor and comedian. But I first, I had some friends in Northern California. So I was like, I'll stay with them for a bit and then I'll go down to LA. Um, so I flew into San Francisco and I had these two friends from high school who were, had moved out there to uh, work for this THC infused ice cream company. So yeah, they're making weed ice cream and it was 2014. So this is, you know, almost 10 years ago. Yeah. It was almost 10 years ago. It was, it was before the industry was different then. It was very different then. Yeah. So um, yeah. And my friend from high school, she, I had planned to go out there and we were going to, I was going to see San Francisco and we were going to have all this fun, you know? And then right before my trip, she calls me. She's like, Oh, by the way, I have to have knee surgery when you're here. And could you take me to my surgery? And I was kind of like, what the fuck, Kate? <laughs> like, um, but I was like, yeah, sure. You know, and she was like, it's not going to be a big deal. You know, like it, it'll just be a little surgery and we can take my painkillers and get fucked up. And, you know, <laughs> so I fly out there and I take her to surgery next day. And the it's a huge day. deal. Didn't yeah, the next give day. give you a couple of days? No. No, and also this was, I thought I was going to San Francisco. I didn't realize like, no, I'm going to Petaluma, you know, like. Which is not San Francisco. <laughs> not like San Petaluma, Francisco. Yeah. for the listeners who don't know, I mean, feel free to Google, but it's like about 45 minutes if you're lucky with no traffic from yeah. like the Golden Gate Bridge. So yeah. not even downtown, like not even in San Francisco. It's really, yeah, there's a racetrack though. Oh, that's cool. I wish I'd seen that. I mean, I was fucked up the whole time I was there because they had all these weed products. But anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. So your friend gets the surgery the next day. My friend, I take her to the surgery the next day and it's a huge deal. Like this, she had knee surgery. It's not just some little surgery, you know, like um, she can't walk, you know, she's in a wheelchair. And then I, she, she didn't have, she couldn't go to work. And she was working for this um, company that makes weed ice cream. So I was like taking care of her and, uh, you know, like she, she just couldn't do anything. She couldn't get up. She couldn't go anywhere. She couldn't get on the toilet. Like, so, but she's one of, she's still one of my best friends. And uh, there's kind of a part two to the story, which maybe I'll get to about how she helped me with a surgery later down the line. But yeah, As so she should have. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, but yeah, we were. I was consuming a lot of, you know, weed chocolate, weed ice cream at that time. And then, yeah, she couldn't do her job. And that left our other friend who she was working with, you know, alone to make all this weed ice cream by herself. And there was this festival coming up, the SoCal Cannabis Cup. So it was like 
crunch time, you know? And so that's where I stepped in and I started helping then make this ice cream. And I had no idea what the hell I was doing. What was really funny is Stephanie, the one who was still working, she had actually studied food science in college. So she was really into it, you know, (laughs) Uh, and it was really cool. But yeah, I didn't know what I was doing. And I just started making, yeah, this ice cream. And then they asked me if I wanted to work at a festival, the, the festival that was coming up. And this festival was such a shit show. So it was in uh, San Bernardino. And- Terrible place, by the way. <laughs> yeah. And I thought it was going to be, you know, like a bunch of cute hippies in the desert with mountain views, like bonding over cannabis, you know? But no, this shit was in a parking lot, like across from Target. It was super hot. <laughs> it's so and, hot in San Bernardino. Yeah, and it felt like a car show. Uh, that was the vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, because all the, it was a lot of women like in bikinis, like handing With, out like, weed pasty, stuff. Like weed yeah. pasties on their nipples. Yes, oh, exactly. Yeah. And I just didn't know that was going to be the vibe. You know, I, I just, that's not what I was expecting. And I was like, oh, I'm. I'm like a merch girl. Like I'm expected to kind of like, you know, flirt with these customers and make sales. And I just had all these people who were just so fucked up and I was fucked up too. Like I was, there was just every weed product under the sun, you know? And they were like, would come up to me and like eat the ice cream and just be like, I really like it, you know, and just stare. And it was like, we were both so fucked up and it was so uncomfortable. And, (laughs) and yeah. And, it was just such a shit show. There was no organization to the money. Like we just had a box. There wasn't even like a thing for ones and tens and 20. Like I was like, what again, I've worked cash registers before. And I was like, what the hell is it? Like, we're just putting cash in a box. And then we had made, so there are all these different flavors of ice cream. And one, the one we were going to enter this one in a contest there. And it was called strawberry short baked. And Cute. then we just <laughs> ended up giving it all away. Cause we were like, Hey guys, cream. Cause we were, everyone's fucked up. Like it was so dysfunctional. It was the most dysfunctional. Cannabis <laughs> industry. I think people don't, I've been sort of cannabis adjacent for many, many years now. And I just die laughing because even now with all of the structure that cannabis sort of has yeah, and these big corporations, it's still such a shit show. And at the core of it, like everyone's just like hungry and giggly and not thinking straight. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. like, you know? Yeah. That was very much my experience. And how long did like, you end up do- working for the weed company then? Oh, it was only like a couple weeks. Couple weeks. So it wasn't that long. Yeah. Another thing at that festival, I just, I'll never forget this moment because it just sent me into a whole crisis. Like I was so high. I was too high. You know, and mm-hmm. this man came up to me with a weed leaf printed thong and he was like, I'd like to see you in this. And I was just like, no, like, what the fuck? And he got all pissed and he was like, well, it wouldn't look good on you anyway. And I was like stoned. And I'm like, oh, that kind of hurt my feelings because, <laughs> you know, because and if I wasn't stoned, like, I, I think I would have been like, oh, fuck you. But I was like, Oh my God, like the, he, this song wouldn't look good on me, you know? So then I went and told my friends and they were like, you maybe should have taken the thong. And then I was like, what the fuck? Why? 
you think I should have taken the thong? And then I felt like there was a divide between us. I was like, we see the world differently. Completely think- differently. <laughs> yeah. Wildly um, differently. But anyway, yeah, that, that was my, it was only a couple of weeks. And then I did go down to LA and I, I stayed with someone I knew from summer camp growing up and mm, always, a and I, it, yeah. <laughs> always a mistake. Don't ever revisit the friends from summer camp. Just let them be there. I think that's a problem. I think everybody goes and they're like, ooh, my friend from summer camp. And it just never quite feels like summer camp. Well, I would say that I could see that definitely happening. I went to the summer camp that was like pretty unique. And a lot of us are still friends. And it was kind of cool. What was it like interlocking? So it was a bunch of, it was a a lot of lesbians in Georgia. And I like, it was like this little lesbian oasis um that in high school i started there elementary through high school yeah i went for 10 years it was intense was it always a lesbian were you like in elementary school and you're like tight like i'm a lesbian and this is where i'm going to some that sounds lovely actually yeah yeah no it um and i guess I'm, i'm saying this you know kind of jokingly but everyone at the camp jokes about how it's like a lot. It's like a lesbian summer camp or a queer summer camp. But yeah, so when I went, because um, my mom had gone and it was an all girls camp and it was initially a Girl Scout camp and then it just became an all Girl Scout camp. But we all we did all the Girl Scout things. I think it had always been like very queer, but my mom certainly didn't know that when she sent me. And even though she had gone there, but I went and just everyone was, you know, there was a lot of, we were young, but everyone was like touching, like cuddling with each other. <laughs> Sounds great. Yeah. Yeah. And then a lot of people like ended up, um, we're all, a lot of us are still friends and, you know, a lot of them dated each other. And what's yeah. your take on lesbian TikTok? Oh, I, I like it. I, I think it's, um, it's fun. I, there's a lot of hot people on it. Like, is it because it's funny, it, there really is this kind of lesbian TikTok world. Right. Yeah. I think I'm I'm definitely in it. I don't know about all the drama. Like, I say that just because I have a friend who is um, she's got a following on TikTok and she she like covers lesbian drama on TikTok. Like she's like a little like a reporter. Wait, is it the one that was just <laughs> in the New York Times? Uh, I don't think. So I would feel bad if I didn't know about that. Her What's name's her Kendall name? Payne. She's a comedian. Yes, she's she... very funny. Was she in the New York Times, Kendall? Wait, hold on. What's Wait. her Instagram handle? I think it's Kendall X Payne. Wait, hold I on. I did. Uh, we did. I met her at UCB. And Kendall, yeah, she covers like on TikTok. She she gets out a whiteboard and everything and, and writes oh, down. Oh, no, like, that's different. But I'm obsessed with her. What? She gets out a whiteboard. Yeah, but it's it's very funny and like, yeah, it covers any news that's happening on lesbian TikTok. Wow, good for her. Could you? Yeah, imagine? Kendall, I should hear. I'll 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 say. Her no, I see. TikTok I see handle. this person. It's Kendall X um, Pain. Yeah, we have so many people in common. Ooh, but yeah. she's in the like Ashley Gavin. See, this is what I'm saying. There's a whole. TikTok lesbian world, and I don't know how I feel about it. What, what is what? What do you? I don't know. Like? like, I think it's the, well. Actually, no. This is actually how I feel about it. What I like about 
what I've learned through lesbian TikTok is that lesbians come in all shapes and sizes and fuckboy levels that like cis men come in. Hear me okay. out. Yeah. Let me keep going. Okay. I go on lesbian TikTok and I'm like, these lesbians are like performatively being fuckboys. Um, yeah. Not all of them. I guess it's a subset. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it's so I, fascinating. Yeah. Because I'm like, oh, it's just like, you got to understand, like, I think that lesbians, when I was growing up, this is really what I'm trying to say. Lesbians, when I was growing up, were so shoved into specific stereotypes and there weren't even, they didn't even have the opportunity to have a lot of different stereotypes. They only really just mm -hmm. had like cr nutty, crunchy and like bull dyke. Okay. Like hippie uh, lesbian, bull yes, dyke. That's right. how people kind of categorized lesbians. But yeah. now what I've seen on TikTok is that it's a million different stereotypes that they all fall into. And it's right. really just more diversified. And I'm here for it. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's cool too. I've definitely learned a lot from it as well. A lot of terms. <laughs> like fuckboy? Oh, I knew that one. It's yeah. just really, it's very interesting. I'm like, wow, okay. And then the thing about TikTok is then you get into the lesbian TikTok algorithm and you can't get out. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I kind of like it because I think they're, they're hot. So. Yeah, fair enough, fair <laughs> enough. Do I regret not diving into TikTok years ago after my bite dance show. Yeah, sure. I could be like Hannah Burner now, have 2 million followers on TikTok, but I don't. I have like 400. And my TikToks are real weird and don't really make sense. I mean, here's the thing. My appetite for weird, funny videos is just never satiated. I can never have enough. Sometimes I get backlogged and I just sit there for an hour and catch up, but I love it. I need more. So I'll probably end up going on TikTok more than I'd like to uh, admit in the next uh, coming months because Instagram, it's just not giving me enough content. Do me a favor. Give these two a follow. Follow me on TikTok. And you can cringe at my very cringy um, attempt to be funny on there. Um, and if you want to see the full episodes or videos rather of these interviews, head on over to my Patreon and give me a... Uh, Give me a little coin there. Thanks so much.